My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 100. 100 of these things. I can't believe that we've had 100 Foundation Fridays. I want to thank everybody that has joined the journey as as we've gone through this. Uh, I have not been on the pod very much in the last two or three weeks. And obviously, as I stated uh, earlier this week, there's a big reason for that. Uh, Been crazy busy uh, getting our team ready for the postseason. And, uh, you know, it was was a, uh, just give you a quick recap on our year. Uh, My number one goal coming, coming into the year uh, was to be above 500 at home. Uh, I we you know I took over a rebuilding program, a rebuilding situation, and uh, we knew it was going to be baby steps. It was the first real tangible goal that we set when it came to wins and losses. My first year, it was just all about the intangibles, getting better, establishing a great culture, all these other things. Didn't didn't honestly really care about wins and losses. This year it was just a very subtle goal when it came to wins and losses, and that was just to be above 500 at home. Uh, we finished five and six at home. Now, uh, we didn't reach that goal, but we started out 0-4 at home. We played our first four games at home. We lost all four, and but we ended up 5-6, and six, and we were at 5-5 five and five going into our last home game, and then we just uh, got absolutely blitzed. Uh, our opponent hit 12 threes. Uh, they played awesome. You know, we didn't, we didn't lose. They beat us. Uh, but uh, so we did that. Uh, as the season went along, uh, two or three other goals came up. Um, we wanted to get to double digit wins as we moved along in the season. Uh, that became apparent that that was a real tangible goal. Uh, we had a great opportunity to, we ended up with nine, uh, nine and 14 was our final record. I believe, uh, we wanted to get the number three seed. We had five teams in our sub district. Uh, we wanted to get the three seed. We ended up getting the three seed. And I'm really proud of our girls for accomplishing that. And then we wanted to get to the district championship game within our little bunny bracket, our little sub-district. And uh, we just didn't play well enough in our playoff game uh, to get to that point. We got down, I think it was 16-2 to at the end of the first quarter, and we didn't play poorly. Uh, we just couldn't buy a shot in the first quarter, and, and our opponent uh, shot it pretty well. Uh, we ended up basically losing by 15 um, so we were down 14 at the end of the first quarter. Basically, the, the, the next three quarters were dead even. And, uh, you know, we just we needed to play 32 good minutes, and we only really got 24 good minutes, and, and our opponent gave up 32 good minutes. So uh, we had nothing to complain about there. Uh, so, you know, we really felt like we made a lot of very good steps this season. Uh, I took over a situation where we uh, the program had won 10 games, in the previous three years combined, and in year two, we won nine and had multiple opportunities to get over that hump to get to that 10th win. We just didn't finish off a couple of games. So, uh, we, we, you know, I have my one goal for next year already in mind. Uh, just going to keep that to myself, though, not share it with anybody, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, so this week, wanted to talk about your exit surveys, your exit questionnaires, and your exit interviews, and what you're going to do with your players when your season is over. Now, uh, 
I think it's really important, and I've said this many, many times, if you're going to talk to one kid, you should talk to all of your kids. You don't talk to your five varsity starters and, and have a formal conversation. Uh, if, you've, if you're going to take the time to do that, you've got to do that with every single player in your program. I've said that multiple times on the pod. Uh, tip learned from experience, wait until after any of your postseason stuff is over with before you have these conversations. Because inevitably, there's a there's a very good chance that some of these conversations are going to be really tough conversations. That you're going to have to tell some kids some tough information that of where they stand or where you think their role is going to be. Don't have that conversation until after your end-of-the-year conversation. And in some ways, it's a, it's a symbolic thing that, hey, this past season is now over with. Starting tomorrow, our next year begins. So uh, it's it's really important. And, and you don't have to deal with some awkward situations at your postseason banquet after you've told a kid maybe something that they didn't want to hear. So, again, learn from experience. Uh made that mistake before and it was tough it was and it was completely on me so uh we will not be having that until probably mid-march we won't be really going through this you may be going through it sooner so that's why we're talking about it today what are some things that you would put on a survey or a questionnaire now i think it's important and we have our preseason questionnaire uh this would be our postseason questionnaire I think it's important to give your kids an opportunity to uh, express themselves and talk about things that uh, are important to them. It gives you a it gives you a uh, a situation where you have some idea of what they're going to want to talk about before you get to uh, your one on one discussion. So uh, here are some questions that we have on ours. Uh, how did you think your season went individually? You know, how did it go for you, Jimmy or, or Mary? Uh, how do you think your season went as a team? How do you feel the team experience was? Uh, what are some things or what did you like about your experience? What are some things that you enjoyed about your experience, your basketball experience? And I think there's a, uh, I'm going to use some verbiage here, some very specific verbiage because I think you can kind of paint yourself into the corner. The number one thing you want your kids to have, wins and losses are great, championships are great, state tournaments are great. You want your kids to walk away with a great experience. And so we try to emphasize uh, how do you think your uh, experience this season went individually? How do you think the team's experience was? What did you like about your experience on an individual basis? Uh, uh, Next question. Was there anything that you didn't enjoy about your experience? And then you follow that up with, if so, what did you not enjoy and why did you not enjoy it? I think that it's really important that you get to specifics. You can't have a kid just come in and say, well, I I hated basketball. Okay, well, why? What specifically about it and why did you not like that part about basketball? Um, Is there anything that the coaching staff can do better? And if there is something... What is it, and and what do you see that they could do better? You need to open yourself up to that constructive criticism. Now you're going to have some kid that says, you know, uh, just coach Coach Smith just stinks, and and I hate him, and blah blah blah. Okay, some of those you just got to flush, and you got to know that that Jimmy or Mary or Jimmy and Mary's parents are just upset at you, and you know that there's no control over that, that there's nothing that you can do. 
So you have to kind of weave your way through that a little bit, but you need to give your players an opportunity, and you need that feedback from your players as to what you can do better. Uh, you may want to have a question in there. Uh, what did you enjoy? What are some of the things that the coaching staff did this season that you really enjoyed? And it could be something just as stupid and as simple as we really liked having snacks uh, while we went over our scouting report or something like that. Uh, it, it, could be, it could be something like that. And that's just a little something that you could do that's going to make your team consistently happy and that you're willing to give in on. Um, next thing, are you playing with any club or any AAU programs this spring or summer? And who are you going to be playing with? Just so you have an idea of what your kids are going to be doing in the off season, and have an idea about that. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, uh, what are your plans for next year? Now, obviously, you're going to have kids that you know are lock, stock, and barrel. Hey, coach, of course I'm in. I'm ready to go. I could, I could start again tomorrow. Or, you know, you're going to have your kids, hey, you know what? My, I think my basketball career has in, uh, hit the end of the road here, and, and I'm ready to move on and do some other things in school. Uh, it, it, it's good to know that. It's good to know that going into it. If there's a kid that you feel like uh, you're, you're surprised that they might not be interested in playing next season, it gives you an opportunity to prepare uh, anything that you feel like you need to say to try and get this player back out for your program. Uh, I think at the end of it, uh, when you're sitting down, so you go through this questionnaire and then you schedule an individual meeting with each one of these kids for 10 or 15 minutes. And you do it in private. I think that it's important that you take some notes and you explain to your to your player, hey, look, I'm listening to you the whole time. I just want to write down some, some notes as we're talking here so I have something. And, uh, you know, it's really important when you're in these meetings that you need to be really we- uh, ready to listen and be prepared for positive feedback and be ready for negative feedback. And if you have a player that comes in and is really upset with you, is really upset with their season, is really upset with the program, you cannot get defensive. Uh, And that's probably a mistake that I've made in the past, and it's something that I've tried to do a much better job at. Sometimes you, as the coach, need to listen. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And we all make mistakes within our programs every single day. And it's just like we ask our players that sometimes you don't need to listen to how I'm saying it. You need to listen to what I'm saying. And especially when you're frustrated and you're upset. Well, guess what? Our players get frustrated and upset with us. And we need to be willing to listen and absorb what they're saying, not how they're saying it. And and it's important that you can, you know, you have to have a situation where if you tell your players, hey, you can come in and talk to me about anything at any time, if you're a coach like that, which most of us, all of us better be, then you have to be willing to hear these players out. And if you don't, if you don't listen, and I put listen here in my notes in capital letters, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go back to their teammates, and they're going to tell their teammates that you just don't listen. You know what? I was upset with Coach Smith about this, this, and this, 
And I went and talked to him about it. He said, you know, he's going to listen to me. And the first thing he said was, what about this? What about this? And, and you get defensive or you, you react to it in the wrong way. You And what that does is you've already lost that trust in that player. And that player is going to bring that back to one or two other players. And then they're going to start thinking differently. And then those one or two are going to share that with those other two players. And it's just going to be a snowball effect. So you have to listen. You have to listen. As you're getting ready for your offseason, you're going to talk to your players about what they need to do, uh, where they're at, what team that you envision them on. Um, I know those are hard uh, discussions. Those are hard conversations that you need to have with your players. You need to be honest. You need to be fair. And you don't, do not, absolutely do not lead anyone on with your assessment. Um, I really believe and I, I found this out to be true. There's, there's never been a situation where this has not been true. It's much better to have a really uncomfortable 10-minute conversation with a player, and in turn, perhaps you have to have an uncomfortable 10 or 15-minute conversation with mom or dad. That's much better than being really uncomfortable every day for six months. It just is. It just is. Now, uh, there are situations, for example, if you have a senior who uh, a senior to be, and you know they're not going to play very much. You can try and word it where you know, hey, uh, Billy or or Susie, you know, going into your senior year, I just got to be honest with you, uh, I don't see a ton of playing time uh, in in competitive situations. But I really, really want you to come out. I understand if you don't want to come out. Uh, because you're not going to play very much, but boy, our team really, uh, you can really help out this team behind the scenes. You could be a great scout team player. Uh, you bring great energy to our team. Uh, you, you are such a valued member of this. I think it's going to be a positive experience for you, even if you do, uh, if you, even if you don't get to play a lot in the games. But man, we really need you to come out for our team's success. But I'm telling you right now, I really don't see uh, an avenue to where a lot of competitive minutes are going to come your way. Now, those are good conversations that you can have there. And as long as you've spelled that out in a positive manner, uh, then that's something that you can definitely work with. But but if you know a kid's not going to play, then you have to tell them in, in, a, in a positive way that they're probably not going to play very much. If you have a, a kid that you know is going to be on your JV and they have varsity aspirations, you need to tell them, hey, more than likely you're going to be on JV. Now, you're going to be given opportunities to move up to the varsity level, but the way I see it right now... Uh, you're, you're probably going to be at the JV level as a sophomore or a junior next year. Uh, things like that. You need to have those honest and open conversations. Uh, you need to be, like I said, honest, fair. Uh, don't lead anybody on. Be direct, but also be positive about it and try to find positive spins to your situation. Last thing is... Uh, you know, you need to, uh, as you tell your players what they need to work on in the off season, I've really gone to the coach neighbors philosophy of this. Uh, don't, you know, talk about their positives, talk about their bright spots, uh, emphasize their bright spots and give them one thing, one major thing for them to work on this off season. Hey, Jimmy, uh, or, or Mary, listen, uh, you're great. Uh, around the basket, and we love the way that you rebound. Uh, you do a great job on the defensive end. You're a great team defender, and we really love the way that you run the floor. But for you to take the next step in in your 
uh, skill level, uh, you really, really need to work on your shooting this offseason. If you want to play a lot of minutes as a junior next year, uh, you really need to be able to shoot the three-point shot next year. So you need that's the number one thing that you need to work on in the offseason. That's the one weakness that we see as a staff that you need to work on. Uh, you know, and that gives them that one thing, you know, that, hey, I know these are the things I'm really good at. These are the things that have put me in the situation that I'm at now. But here's the thing that I need to work on to put me at the next level. And that's what uh, that's what we do. Uh, we only worry about fixing one thing at a time, because let's be honest, we're all in a situation unless we've got a future WNBA or NBA player or high, high level division one kid. Most of our kids have a lot of things that they need to work on with their game. And most of our kids are going to be multi-sport athletes. So there's only so much time that they're going to be able to fit in basketball while they're working on their football skills, their volleyball skills, whatever it may be. So uh, focus on one thing to fix in the offseason for each one of your players. So it's been a longer Foundation Friday. I haven't done, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't been on the podcast very much lately. Uh, we've got a great interview lined up for Sunday night. Hopefully uh, nothing happens, uh, and we'll be dropping our, our latest interview on Monday morning. So we're really excited for that. Uh, glad to be back. we got a lot of things in the cooker here. Uh, a pen and a napkin is just going to keep growing. Yesterday, passed over 6,000 Twitter followers. Uh, goodness gracious sakes alive, as Coach Wooden would say. I, if you'd have told me uh, that uh, I'm not giving the Kardashians a run for their money, but if there was 6,000 people that were uh, actually listening to what I was putting out there when I started this whole thing, I would have thought that you were crazy. So I can't thank you all enough for that. Uh, we're going to keep things moving forward. Don't forget about our coaches clinic on April the 9th at Fort Calhoun, just 15 or 20 minutes north of downtown Omaha, Nebraska. Got a great day planned for everybody. Need to come out and check it out. So this has been Foundation Friday number 100. Hard to believe it is number 100, uh, but can't thank you enough for all the support that you have given a pen and a napkin. So coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day. <laughs>